Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of Circuit 42. We are on Spotify now, so we are legit and no longer a trash fire. It's pretty awesome. Um, speaking of not being a trash fire and being pretty awesome, I am here with special guests Stephanie Chan and Ben Eady. Hello. Hello, everybody. So, for those who don't know those five people on the internet who are like, who the fuck are these people? Who are you and what do you do? Uh, Stephanie, you want to go first? Um, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> Make her feel... <laughs> Stephanie does everything. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff. Um, you, you may have known me from doing things like uh, photography, or I was a comic book colorist, and um, I run a little like comic book um, blog called smashpages.net, and... Um, I seem to work a lot with uh, 3D printers, laser cutters, and foam and glue. Oh, yeah, and wood. At the same time. Yes, everything at yeah, the once. Literally, literally at the same time. She's At the makerspace, we don't know that. She's known as the glue room. Oh. It's like, if it, see, if it's flammable, Stephanie works on it, right? Yeah. Pretty much. And, and, and what about you, Ben? Yeah, um... So I, I've got kind of a diverse life. Um, I, I guess right now you, you can always dig into things, but right now I uh, design and build props and special effects for movies. I've done things like, um, you know, Predator and Star Trek Beyond, Maze Runner, Death Note. Um, recently it's come out, and I think it's safe to say I've worked on Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, um, yeah. And, you know, prior to that, my background's aeronautical engineering, worked as a freelance engineer for many years doing other people's stuff. You know, when everybody else said something couldn't be done, um, generally I get called. And that was literally a quote from one of my clients. They said, when everybody else says it can't be done, give Ben a call. Um, so, you know, I, it might sound a little bit arrogant, but I kind of pride myself in taking on jobs that I have absolutely no right to take on and figuring them out in the right amount of time. <laughs> so, um yeah, and then, like, just recently, um, when I was working on Ghostbusters, I got to meet Adam Savage, and then, um, based off of that, we, we kind of hit off a little friendship, and I got invited out to the cave, and I figured, well, if I'm going out to the cave, I should bring him this, this chainmail stuff that I came up with uh, about a year ago, and see what he thinks, and, and he just sat there speechless for a second, and he's like, oh my god, this is so cool, I'm like, right? <laughs> He's like, okay, let's let's start shooting. I'm like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that doesn't surprise me with with um with Adam. He strikes me as somebody who'd be like, oh. well, we're ready now. Hope you hope you got it. And it's like, but I I, I just got here. I don't care. What you you know what? He's not one of those. I don't care. You know, you you well, have every right they know, and like, he'll respect that. But, but yeah, you, if you got something ready to go. Go do it. You know, and that's one thing I really like about him is everything that I've done with him so far is like, you want to do something, then move forward. You know, stopping and thinking about it and, and, uh, spending time trying to go through every possible scenario. It's, it's more like, ah, fuck it. Let's just jump in and see what happens, which is something I just kind of did. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense though, because from a creativity, um, from a creativity mindset, if you start overthinking stuff, you're never going to do it. Or else, not, yeah. or, or if not ever going to do it, the same emotion, the same excitement for it isn't going to show through if you've rehearsed it like 8,000 times. 
as opposed to like, here's something I knew I made, knew that I made. Let's talk about it because the most exciting time is when you first do, when you first make it, first come up with the idea. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's true, and I think a lot of creative people we get hung up on. Um... Uh, perfecting it so much. It's like, no, this isn't quite right yet. This isn't quite right yet. Um, that we've gone through so many iterations of this now, I think. So. Yeah. And we're, we're scrambling on little, little iterations right now and figuring out how to, you know, manufacture at the price point we have. The price point is, is profitable, but, you know, we're looking at, you know, whether we can recruit enough lasers to kind of get things moving, um, at the speed we need to move it at, or if we got to do die cutting and stuff like that. And, and these are like, First of all, like, you know, when, when Adam's uh, video came out, I was thinking, okay, it'll probably do well. It's not a big deal. And then I ended up getting a text from Adam going, this thing's doing 30,000 views an hour. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> and yeah. And, you know, now I think we're over half a million views, just, you know, not even the first week. Um, it kind of blew me away. So as soon as that happened, I'm, I was, Steph and I were talking about doing a Kickstarter. And then sort of thinking, well, wait a minute, we have most of the infrastructure we have to get going. So why bother with the Kickstarter? Let's just see if we can sell it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, literally the day it went out, we were like, okay, we got to capitalize on this. The second day, we um, basically launched a site. And then I called up a friend of mine who has a similar business in town. He It's sockbox.ca. He sells like a, a monthly sock thing. And said, hey, I need some help. So he took time out of his day, met us at a coffee shop, and we made our web store go live and started taking orders. You know, and this is like the the speed at which we were thinking, okay, well, next week we'll set up a store or something like that. And we realized Mm -hmm. that, no, we got to start taking advantage of this right now. Otherwise, we might lose some momentum. So our nose is at the grindstone. We're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I know. It was so crazy because, like, when we – right after – the second you set up that web store, even before you got, got me the link to the web store, we already had two sales. Yeah. And I was sitting across the table from you. So, yeah. So it was, it was just nuts. Yeah, it was just nuts. I couldn't believe it. It's like, oh, look, we already have two sales. What? <laughs> I didn't even go to the site yet. <laughs> so the fear, the fear of setting up a website and a, and a product is, is kind of gone now. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of dealing with the minutia of it, but, now we got the product, the the panic of well we got to ramp up production. Do we have enough to do this? Can we can we make this happen in the right time frame and everything? So, you know we've we're right at the point where I think we need to um, maybe turn off pre sales, make sure that we can provide everybody that has pre ordered the product in the right amount of time, make sure that they're happy. Um, you know because it's 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 overwhelming is what it is i'm speechless i'm still like i'm still swimming over this whole thing well I, yeah i sorry go ahead i was gonna say it's a whole thing from a business perspective and that the good thing is both you do have this experience this experience in terms of you know work uh we're either working for working for studios or with you know working on just a multitude of projects and where a lot of people who are like novices They'll get really excited because they'll get all these pre-orders coming in, and they're like, "Yes, yes, let's do it!" And then all of a sudden, they pull a—I hate to say it—a a '90s independent comic company mistake, where it's like, "We have eight million yeah. pre-orders. How many comics can we afford to make? A billion! Oh shit!" Yeah, exactly. So you know, that's that's a conversation Steph and I are probably going to have here right after this call. Yeah. Is 
you know, whether we turn off pre-sales, just, I, I think we'd be able to turn it on right away, but right now as it stands, our infrastructure is capable of doing what we currently have, but we're definitely very rapidly approaching a point where we're not going to be able to deliver and, and we, we will. It's, it's a matter of, it's just, you know, we're trying to reduce our stress levels so our spouses don't hate us and actually see us in the next week. <laughs> yeah, because we are they basically, this is like literally two people working out of like, like, you know, our home offices, our garage, like I'm doing this on the side at the same time. I have the makerspace working on other things, other projects. So, yeah, and I'm so working on movie sudden, props as well off to the side. So it's right. just like, it comes a, a really big hit and it's, it's terrifying. It's exciting. It's it's like the adrenaline running through my blood this last week's probably gonna hopefully it keeps going long enough to <laughs> make all these orders before it collapse. So I gotta I gotta ask you uh, as, as an aside, you mentioned that you're working on the new Ghostbusters movie. I know not much can be said about it right now, but just yeah. as as a you know as someone as someone in our age group who kind of grew grew up on that who grew up on the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction to that? Um, getting the job, I was, I, you know, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I told them after I got the job that, you know, you probably could have hired me for free. <laughs> but, um, you know, one was hearing that it was in town. Two was, is that, like, normally, like, I live in Calgary, Alberta, but there's not a whole lot of filming and stuff happening here. Our, our provincial government's lacking in in helping that kind of industry move forward, which is frustrating, but uh, it's a whole different story. So I spend a lot of time out in Vancouver working on movies and, you know, suddenly there's a major motion picture being shot in Calgary and I have the opportunity to work from home. So that was like, you know, a double win. And then when I found out, you know, the kind of stuff that I was going to do and whatnot, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into that, but I was in the props department. So I got to play with some pretty cool toys. And when I started finding out what I was going to do, this is, like, you know, I've, I've worked on, you know, Star Trek and, and Predator, and by far this one is the best movie I've worked on, um, both because of the people in it and because of the passion, because of the topic. Like, it, it just checked every box. It was, it's, it was so awesome. There's, I mean, just looking at the trailer, there's clearly a lot of, uh, of the trailer and who's behind it. There's clearly a passion and for the, uh, for the, um, for the original for the original movies, and there were a couple things that actually made me think of a lot of the comic books, especially the recent IDW books, and like that aspect alone, because a lot of people don't talk about the IDW comics, and if you've read them, they're freaking amazing, and like I noticed references to the recent comic books, and I was like, yes, oh dude, there's there's references in there to the the comic book, the TV series, to the um, 2016. There, there's, there's, it pray, it, it pays homage to the first, uh, Ghostbusters for sure. That, that is the primary, but it, it doesn't forget the history. And because of that, it's, it, it just becomes cooler. Like it's definitely going to be one of those shows that you, you can watch probably, you know, 10 times and still not pick out all those nuggets, which is like even more exciting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, um, before this, I really didn't know about your about your film your film background and your repertoire. And one of my, I, I've got to talk about it. Uh, Star Trek Beyond is probably the best of the uh, best of that particular era of that series. And I, it, I feel so mean saying this, 
probably because we had like people who were putting like original content into these movies instead of just uh, reiterating content from other from other previous Star Trek movies. Not that I'm talking oh, about a particular creative sure. person who does that, but we all know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And I, it, sorry. No, no. It, 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 and, and you're right. Like I, I. I don't know. This one, Beyond kind of deviated a little bit, a little bit more than the rest of them have. Um, at, at the same time, you know, it right at the beginning, it gave me goosebumps, you know, and I, I was there when they were shooting a lot of the stuff. And seeing it on screen, I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I think having Simon Pegg basically, because I know Orchie, I know his name was on the script, but apparently he got fired so quickly that like Simon Pegg, that's basically his script. And you could tell, cause it feels like a script that's written by someone who actually like grew up on like classic track and science fiction and genre stuff. And it, yeah. it feels more like that than either of the previous two movies. No, for sure. And, and remember like Simon was a co-writer. He wasn't the full, full thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it definitely has, you know, his, his flair in it for sure. You know, and, uh, you know, I got to, got to hang out with him a little bit, not a huge amount. And, um, he's every ounce the geek you, you want him to be when you meet him. You know, you, you might meet somebody famous and they turn out to not necessarily be the person that you're kind of expecting. No, Simon's exactly what I had in my head, like 100%. So it was just one of those where you're just like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for going off that on that aside, but like, that's a movie I oh, absolutely love. No, 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 it's fine. It's, it's your podcast. It's your podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just a, that's just a project. That's a movie I absolutely loved, and it's so sad that it didn't do nearly as well as the previous two movies. And um, and any opportunity I have to talk about that movie, I do. It's basically comes down to that and talking about the Phoenix Saga. Pretty much, either of those are two things I will find a way to <laughs> to put into everything. <laughs> Yeah. But um yeah, so what else what else can you what else can you all tell me because we talked about the production side of it, we talked about it, but what about the actual creation? Like how did you how did you come like up with Like the this? origin of the chainmail? Yeah. Um you know, it's so I'm I'm about as ADD as they get and I'm always all over the place. And that, that's, that's kind of what makes, that's, it's, it's, it's my, it's my superpower and it's also my, you know, kryptonite. They're all wrapped up into one. So anyway, so I'm, I was working on, um, doing some foam armor helmets, um, for my website, foam armory, you know, last year. And I'm thinking I need some chain mail. And I started looking at like doing it and I've, I've done it before by hand and it is painful. It's slow. It, it literally will bore you to tears. You know, the, the people that do it are like, you know, saints as far as I'm concerned. I, I do not understand how this can be done. And, um, I'm just thinking like, I've got to come up with a better solution. In the meantime, I was also working on another job and, uh, it was involving some, some knots and some knitting, oddly enough. So I was looking up these knitting stitches and different different stitches and what strengths and stuff they were. And one that looks just very similar to my chain mail pattern popped up on screen. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, okay, so if you run fabric or, or thread like this, it doesn't hold its shape, but there's nothing stopping me from cutting the shape 
and, you know, weaving these two things together, like linking them together, just like a stitch. So I figured, okay, I've got 10 minutes. I just took a picture of that, threw it into my CAD system and uh, drew something up and went out to the laser, uh, cut out like two strips of it. And I, I linked it to even seeing this right now, I get goosebumps. The, the second I linked it together and I got two rows together and looked at it, I'm like, this is it. Hands down. I'm like, it might be a little weak, but we can totally reinforce this. So it, it blew me away. And then I, I was just jumping up and down going, this is so freaking exciting. And if you look, go back in my YouTube channel, um, back to one of the original videos on Chainmail, you, you can see it in my eyes. I'm just... I literally filmed it like you know the next day. I'm still just still going. You can't believe this. This is so cool. I'm talking a million miles a minute, and it, it was it was just one of those those epiphany moments. And then I'm sitting there going, well, somebody has to have done this. So I, I you know went on on Google and and a bunch of other places. And there's other people using different applications that are similar to mine, but not nobody's really doing it. So I was just like, huh. So, you know, past that, it just, you know, fast forward to showing Adam and, and then kind of getting it out there is, is awesome. You know, like I even had, I'd released the, the way I'm working it for, for plans too. So people are listening is that we're going to sell it and we would like to be the exclusive sellers of it. So currently the license is, um, non-commercial, um, attribution. But there's, there's nothing saying that you can't make it yourself. So it, the pattern's out there for free. You want it, you got a laser cutter or, or a cricket or cricut cutter, whatever way you want to pronounce it. And you want to make it, you can go onto Thingiverse, find the stuff and cut it out yourself. And you can make your own sell stuff. Now, don't sell the rock cut sheets, but if you make something with it, like armor and you want to sell that, that's fine. I totally want you to do that. I want you to take pictures of it. And I also just want you to like, you know, go, Hey, this is Ben's pattern. And, you know, give, give us, give a little attribution because I, I think there's a lot more power in, in sharing and just giving people stuff and telling them to run with it. Um, it, like a little bit of a deviation, but there's nothing I find more frustrating as a maker is that I look at things and somebody's selling it for like $80 or something like that, which is, you know, a complete fair thing, but I'm, I'm a cheap bastard and I want it now. So because I have a laser and a 3D I end up designing and doing it anyway. So why not just provide it to these guys and just go, hey, you know what? I know you're going to run with it. Go have fun and go do it and encourage that because what they come up with and the solutions they come up with are generally better than my solutions for problems. And it's just, it's just this win-win that I see. Yeah. Yeah. And it totally makes sense too, because it's like you have a product, you have a product, you get um, you get credit for said product, but, and you're also, and by moving a product that's like a lower rate, instead of like basically over, like overpricing it, you end up selling more of that product instead of just to that very specialized audience. It's a whole idea that you'll make more, yeah. a company will make more money off a sale than they will off any regular, any regular price day. And there's, there's a few other people out there doing a business model like this. Like I, I do radio controlled aircraft and, um, there's a company called Flight Test, and they do these foam core board or the craft foam. You can make these RC aircraft out of it, and they're really, really awesome things. But they go, like, here's the plans for free. Go make your own. But if you want to buy a kit, a speed, and I like what they do is they say, hey, we're, we're making a speed build kit. So you order it. It comes in. You don't have to, like, cutting stuff out is a pain in the butt, especially if you're doing it by hand or you're trying to figure out how to get your laser cutter to do it. So if you can just buy the kit, there's, there's I don't know how many times is like, can I make this way cheaper at home? Yes. Am I going to pay for the convenience of having somebody else go through all that for me? Absolutely. 
<laughs> so, you know, it's just I, I think that, I think it's a great business model, and I, I appreciate that. So I'm, I am modeling it off of that kind of concept. So I gotta ask you, like, I'm a big I'm big into like sword and sorcery. Like, I love the I love the original Conan movies. I love the original like novels. I read Sony comics, the old the old Conan comics with the dude Busiek and like John Carter and all that. Where a lot of this kind of comes into play. Um, what would be your, if you were to make this, if you were to make like a passion project out of it, using this, using this material, yeah. using this new tech that you've made for both of you, what would mm-hmm. you want to make with this? If you could make any passion project you want and apply this to it. I want to hear Stephanie's response first. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. I kind of started that already. Um, so, um, in the, about the middle of Ben's story timeline, if you go before he met Adam, sort of thing, like this is where I met Ben, and um, and when when I found out about the when he when when you found out about the chainmail thing that he's working on, I'm like I want to take this and I want to run with it. So what I actually did is I made a um, actually I made a scale mill corset out of foam with uh, one of another one of Ben's patterns, which um. um it's it's an it's an older thing, so uh, we're going to refine that process, and you might be able to see scale mail from us in the future for a retail sale. But uh, but anyway, so he had like a scale mail pattern, and as well as his chainmail pattern, and I made a scale mail corset and a chainmail skirt, and I I presented it in um, something called Make Fashion, which is a fashion technology show that's held um, in all over the world. Um, this one was particular one was held in Calgary. And lit it up from you know underneath, and then I had like um, I run my presentation with a foam made dress using this technique, and uh, I would say that's the beginning of my fashion project because I would love to do much more um, things like like higher fashion type or couture or even like some more practical stuff um, using not just the foam now, but um, I, I wanted to start using other stuff like leather to get into it. So I, I, I just actually want to step outside of the cosplay world, even though I do enjoy cosplay and I want this stuff to be more regular. Um, and because I, I honestly feel like um, we always look at these things as, a, oh, this is a costume thing. It's like, no, I want this to be an everything. So that, because um, why can't we why can't we wear walk around in leather or chain nail or something like that every day? And in, in a way, it can, sorry. No, no, no. Go, go. I was, I was going to say, and there's already, and there's definitely that crossover between, um, between like, you know, fandom and fashion. I mean, a particular example was when you look back at Fifth Element, and I cannot remember the name, but I know mm-hmm. the it was like a particular uh, French clothes designer who came up with all the costumes in Fifth Element, and that's one of the big things that we all remember about that movie is the visual design. Because let's let's be honest, without that visual design, I don't think we would have had that same movie at all. And there's just a lot of potential, like that, you said, for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fifth amount was Jean-Paul Gaultier. He's really famous for making, you know, like Madonna's uh, cone shape or the, the pointy cone uh, corset things and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I would not have been able to remember in, that. In... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's is, all good. Everybody, everybody's got things, you know, like when Stephanie took the stuff and she made a dress this this one dress and a corset and everything it's it's gorgeous and like yeah we got to readdress it and we've come up with some better methods and everything but it, it, it's amazing and we have a friend of ours here in town tracy she uh made some uh 
add-ons for her boots. So they're like boot collars or boot cuffs made out of chainmail with a pendant hanging off of it. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. Now, if you look at where I want to go with this stuff, um, along with Stephanie, is that I see like it's, it's fun and this is a project that we can definitely get some you know, traction with in, in cosplay. But I think it's only the beginning in the sense because um, one friend of mine who saw this last year immediately said, could you make a leather motorbike helmet out of this? Because then I can ride and be cool at the same time and have, you know, a certain amount of protection, especially if you use the scale mail stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not sure how well this will perform um, in a skid on pavement, but you know, it's what he said made a lot of sense. So we, we've cut out some pieces out of leather and um, just the chainmail stuff. Insanely strong when you link it together. Like it, it was surprisingly strong. Now, um, you know, we got to do some skid testing, um, and I've done a little bit of skid testing where I put some weight on the on the mail that we made, and I dragged it across the road and stuff. Is it a you know scientific test? No, but is it one of those rough should we move forward tests? And it was a definite. Oh hell yeah, this thing is doing way better than I thought it would. So I think you start looking at stuff like this, and there's there's other applications. Um, if you go um, back in my life, I was in the infantry for for quite a while. And I don't know if it's possible or feasible, but if you start looking at, you know, laminar, lamin, ah, I can't even say it right, is the armor scales that, that a lot of people have used in the past. If you use smaller scales and weave things together, is it possible to have something that, you know, can breathe that can move, but offers some protection? Is it, is it going to work? I have absolutely no idea. Is it worth testing? Yeah, absolutely. And, and who knows? You know, it's, uh, it's, I, I'm looking at this like currently as potential hobby income. Um, given the way things have launched right off the get go, I'm, I'm thinking it'll very quickly go away from hobby income, but, or I hope it will. Um, if we play our cards right. Um, but I, I see different avenues like that coming up. And, you know, we need to we need to look at stuff like this because innovation, you know, doesn't happen in a vacuum. So, you know, everybody's like, well, it's already been done. Why bother doing it again? Well, I think this might be a good example because centuries ago, nobody was taking wire or or leather making um, like you, you toughen up leather by boiling. it, and You can make this armored leather. It's incredibly tough stuff. If you did the scale mail this way and could weave it together, you could have been making armor for tons of troops very quickly. Why did anybody not do this? I, I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe maybe I'm missing something. But this is an innovation that might be coming out again, or it might be a new innovation. But regardless, it's it's moving forward. And and I think the human race, in a lot of ways, we get you know in this rut where we we enjoy the life that we're at and we don't want to change it. And I think we need to change it. We have to change it because if we don't change it, we're going to be stuck on this rock when the sun overtakes it and fries us up, up into little chunks of bacon, you know? <laughs> exactly. I was actually going to bring up because you brought, and you brought up specifically armor and your the definitely the infantry background helps out a lot in that. Um, look at, um, look at like the early, like bullet resistance, uh, armor that they made and then look at kevlar and kevlar is not like yep. and ke when people think about like bulletproof material or bullet resistant armor they think of kevlar and that was not the first thing that was far from the first thing the first nope. thing it was the first thing it's like hey you have a good 50 50 chance of not getting dead 
And then you like you look at what they were able to do with that and make it more flexible. And people, like you were saying, people tend to forget that you know just because someone made the made the first wheel doesn't make we mean we can't make a way better wheel. You know, that's well, all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the one, yeah, it, the one, the biggest advantage to using like a scale mail armor, and this is like you know some people might be rolling their eyes, but this is my thought: is that. Um, not that I've seen it, but like, you know, once a vest, a bulletproof vest is hit, it's done. You got to retire. It's no good. Now I'm not saying that we should reuse stuff because it's not safe, but at the same time, if you hit something that's like scale mail, you replace the sections that were hit and it's still a feasible armored protection at a much lower cost of replacement. Exactly. Yeah. So with that, um, was there anything else that you wanted to, Anything else that you could think of in, ter- in terms of this? Any kind of explanation, information? What would you like to bring across? What would you like to bring across as we come into the last part of our interview? Uh, Steph, what do you? Um, just give me a sec. <laughs> okay, well, well, while she's thinking here, I got a couple things in my head. Is that um, one is go check out foamarmory.com. Um, we we have pre-sales currently running. Um. I'm hoping it remains currently running, but we're, we might be turning it off. So I'm not trying to, you know, make everybody go run to the store or get stocks off today. Well, potentially it is. And the, the second thing is, 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 is my absolute humble gratitude that there's a bunch of people out there that can see my vision, can look at this and go, Oh my God, this is cool. And they, they share the excitement over it. Um, and that they're willing to help me make a product out of it and try to make it viable. You can't, you can't describe the, the happiness when you finally figured out something that fills a niche and makes people happy and they want to help you succeed. It's, it, it just all brings me the tears. I, I, I don't know if I've ever really felt this way before. It's, it's, it's humbling and, and awesome all at the same time. Well, I think it's the whole idea that like genuine passion is contagious, you know. Like people like, like look at like all of us. We're all we're all we're all, all three of us. We're all nerds, man. Like we're gonna know like, you know, we're gonna know if someone's like just kind of kind of full of shit or if they're legitimate. And I think with this, obviously, this is a legitimate passion and excitement because that people are gonna share that, you know. Yeah. Mm, well, that's just it because the root, the, the the honest, the goodness root of the creation of the channel was specifically Ben found uh, had a need that needed filling, and now um, it's not. It was never created originally to become like a a product to sell. It was just like to solve a solve a problem, and then it ended up solving several people's problems, and then it ended up inspiring other people like me, who's like, well, I don't have this problem, but I want to take this thing and run with it, and uh, and it, it's just totally grown from there. And I think I think because it was created out of love, out of out of love and out of uh, need and out of like you know interest, and as you guys said, passion, um, that just makes it just that much more genuine it's not just something that's just cranked out of the marketing bandwagon to 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 tell people this is something that you need in your life um and now now we're going to convince you to buy it this is this is totally all about filling in something that that um 
that it, that just like solved a, solve a problem for many of us, and it and is going to be really fun to run with. And with that, as Ben said, when we are going, we want we really encourage people to run with the product, be super creative with it. So you know, tell us the tell us depths and downs of using it too, because we're always willing to improve the product and make sure you you let us know when you you use the product. We even came up well, Ben came up with it, uh, this hilarious hashtag. Um, so if you end up using our chain mail, um, please hashtag it mailed it, M A I L L E D it. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Get it? Ha! Huh? Anyway, That's but we the really, 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 just a few really... minutes ago, you said, uh, you said another one just a second ago, stuff that we're gonna have to use. You said it was foam made. It's like homemade. Yeah. Oh made. my goodness! <laughs> Sorry, I. You know, I'm adorable. writing it down I, I right I now. <laughs> and I've earned the right to be the poor dad jokes. I'm I'm so full of them and I'm letting them all go. So I apologize. Oh, you were at the right you were at the right you're at the right place at Circuit 42 for bad well, dad jokes. Okay, well, I was accused of like if I'm secretly a dad because I came up with the email address, <laughs> like the general email, because people use info at whatever, whatever. I'm like, why 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 don't we change it to infomat? <laughs> yeah, and like it, it's gonna go on and on. I'm sorry, but we've yeah, also we're... got a newsletter called Information. Yeah. Would you say that both of you are informative during this interview? Yeah, see, this is mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's lend itself to fun, you know. It's the pun that keeps on punning. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's exactly it. We that's just it. We we made this thing. We want people to use it, and we want people to have fun with it. So, and go ahead and make all the dad jokes you want with them. We won't judge you. Yeah. You're just saying instead of forum, you got foam. You know, look what we foamed today. There you go. Oh yeah, it could go on and on for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. wait, wait until the glue glue roof stuff starts coming up more. <laughs> Stuff, Steph came up with, if you, if you, again, if you're watching my YouTube channel, there's a, a couple of videos ago. Steph came up with a glue hack for contact cement that blew my mind. Like, I sat there stunned looking at her going, you can't, is this like for real? <laughs> and to get, to give you an idea too, is I had tweeted out a little thing saying, Hey, I found the coolest hack for glue. And I ended up, uh, Adam and I talk once in a while, so I got a text from Adam going, let me know what it is. What is it? What is it? So I sent it off to him. He's like, oh, my God. It's it's one of these amazing. So just so that I can be completely self-serving, if you want to know what that glue hack is, it's two videos ago, and it's on my YouTube channel. Go there and find <laughs> out. Well, it's a whole thing. Like I remember um, one of the biggest mistakes that we used to make when we were first starting at Circuit 42 we would re-explain something that was on the video. And in retrospect, it's like, no, that's not how you do that. You tell, say, hey, this yeah. is on here if you want to hear about it. Or yeah, uh, exactly. even worse was explaining to people stuff that we put on the podcast. After the first year, I was like, no, you can go you can go listen to it. Yep. And they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, Ben, just... just on the topic of Ben's channel, um, the, one of his most recent videos actually is the Chainmail 2.0. So if you want to, 
if you're looking for Ben's chainmail product or like videos about the chainmail, he has some older ones, but we have since updated. Like we said, we improve product as we go. And so the, uh, the, make sure you get the most recent one if you want to see the, 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 the chainmail that was on Adam's show and how to use it. That, that he has a tutorial video on that. Yep. Sounds good. And so as we, so, and as we wrap, and as we bring the show to a close, now I know you had mentioned your website before, Ben, but just for one more time, so we get right in there at the end, people hear it one more time. Where can people find you on this wonderful, crazy place called the interwebs? Go ahead, Steph. Okay. Well, if you want to find our website, please go to foamarmory.com, F-O-A-M-I-R-M-O-R-Y. Dot com and you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. The uh, the user handle there is Foam Armory CA. All right. So with that, as we bring our show to a close, um, our my um, our for- former co-host, special guest, person I've never communicated with prior to the show, Stephanie Chan. See you guys. And of course. The, uh, and of course, the uh, wizard and uh, wizard and foam, and the co-host of info and co-host that brings you all sorts of information, Ben Evie. Hey, I, I, please don't tell him. I'm not a wizard. I'm just another nerd. <laughs> but I appreciate it. Thank you. We are all wizards in our own way here at Circuit Forty Two. Awesome. <laughs>